0: Shri Guru Charana Saroj Raja Nejmano Mukar Sundhari Barnao Raghubar <coughs> Vimalajasu Sumiro Pavan Kumar Balabudhi Vidyadehu Mohen Harahu Kalesh Bikar जय हनुमान ज्ञान गुन सागर जय कपिश्तिहु लोक उजाग Ramaduta atulitabaladharma Anjani putrapa vanasutanama Mahabir a big ramba jarangi Kumati ni varasumatike sangi Kanjana parana biraj subesha Kanana kundala kunjita kesha Ata braja odwaja biraje Kande munjane hu saje Sankara suvana kesari nandan Teja pratapa maha वित्यावान गुडियति चातूर राम काच करिबेको आतूर प्रभु चरित्र सुनिबेको रसिया रसियः राम लखन सीता मन बसिया सुक्ष्म रूप दरिस यही दिखावा बिकत रूप दरि लंक जरावा भीम रूप दरिय सुर सहारे राम चंदर के काज सवारे लाय सजीवन श्री रघुबीर ल (Sings) Raghupati kini bohotabarai, thumbam priyabaratai samabai. रोज से गावे अस कहीं श्रीपति कंठ लगावे सनकालिक ब्रह्मा दिमुनी सा, नारद सारद सहित अहिसा जम्बु बेर पाल जहाँ कभी कौबेद सके कहते तुम उपकार कीना, राम मिलाय दीना तुम रो मंत्र भी भी सब जग जान जोग सहस्त्र जो जन पर भानु लील्यो ताही मधुर फल जानु प्रभु मुद्रिका बलि मुख बाही जलदि लागि गए अचरज नाई दुर्गम काच जगत के जेते सुगम अनुग्रह तुम रेतेते राम दुआरे तुम रखवारे होतना न आज्ञा बिनु पैसारे सब सुख लहे तुम्हारी शरणा तुम रक्षक कहू को डरना आपन तेज समारो आपे
1: तीनों लोक हांकते
0: भूत पिशाच निकट नहीं आवे महाबीर जब नाम सुनावे नासे रोग हरे सब पीरा जपत निरंतर हनुमत बीरा संकट ते हनुमान छुडावे मन क्रम वचन ध्यान जो लावे सब पर राम तपस बीराजा तिल के काज सकल तुम साजा और मनोरथ जो कोई लावे सोई अभित जी वन फल पावे चारों जोग पर ताप तुभारा है पर सिद्ध जगत उजियारा साधु संत के तुम बरकवारे असुरले कंधा नराब दुलारे अष्टसेत तिनाओले दिखे दाता अस्बर दीन जान की बाता रामर सायन तुम पासा सदा रहो रघुपति के दासा तुम भजन राम को पावे। जनब जनब के दुख बसेरावे अंत काल रघुबर पर जाय जहां जन्मारी भक्त कहाई और देवता चित्त दरही धरहि से ही सर्व सुख करही संकट कट कटे मिटे सब पीरा सो सुमरे
2: हनुमंत बलबीरा
0: जय 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 हनुमान गोसाई कृपा करहु गुरु देव कीनाय जो सत बार करे कोई छूटहि बन्दि महा कहोई जो यह पढ़े हनुमान चलिसा, होए सेतिसा की गौरीसा, स तुलसीदास सदा हरि चेरा की जय नाथ हृदय महधेरा पवतरे संकट हरन बगल बूरती रूप Rabala kala sita sahit hriday baso Surabu bhupasiya var ramchandra ki jay u bapati mahadev ki jay pavanasut hanu ki bolo re ki today i heard a very beautiful story from one of these sages, and it made so much of sense. This was about a king, and this king had four very nice horses. Amazing, best breed, and uh, perfect to the, you know, last notch. But the problem (laughs) was that nobody could train these horses. It was so difficult, let alone train These horses did not allow anybody to even touch. So the king was really baffled and he introduced and he said a lot of awards to people who will attempt to train. Because after a point, people stopped even coming to attempt and train these horses because the horses would injure the trainer or the person attempting to train so badly that there was a fear around this. These four horses cannot be trained. They are so dangerous, so brutal. They might be the best of breed. But nobody can touch and train them. So the king was very disheartened. And he had almost written off these horses. What is Okay, If they are the best, if I cannot use them, they cannot be of any use, take care. Fine. But then, when he was about to ride them off, a man came. He said, I will train your horses. The king said, Do you know? Are you from the city? Are you from the country? Have you heard that a person who attempts to train these horses many a time never returns back? He said, no, 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 don't worry. I assure you that I will train your horses and give them back to you. But I have a clause. He said, first, you have to give me these horses for a year. I will take these horses away with me for a year. And after the year, I promise to bring them back to you. The king said, take care. I "I was writing them off. You take them away. Try your bit, but be safe. Be careful. They're very, very dangerous. He said, don't worry. So, well, the man went away. He took the horses and gone. Now, the king was waiting. Every month went by and almost around the 11th month or so, the king said, there is no point. I think that the man ran away with the horses. If the horses would have allowed him to touch, also, I'm surprised because I'm sure the man has been killed in the process of trying to train these horses. So, let's just write them off as we were doing one year back. But again, on exactly the twelfth month ending, exactly after one year, this man shows up. And he is riding one of the horse. And one horse is in the front. And the other three are totally aligned behind. When they are walking, the steps are also aligned, symmetric. And they are marching towards the castle. And this man is sitting happily, riding these horses, very nicely synchronized, and everybody is astonished. They can't believe their eyes, that these four horses, are these the same horses, and they knew these are the same horses. So everybody assembled in the court. Everybody came, and the king himself said, how did you do this? I don't believe my eyes. He said, yes, but um, these are your horses, and anybody can attempt to ride them now nobody tried neither did the king he said first tell us what did you do is this a miracle of a sort I said no no this is not a miracle you know what I did was these four horses I let them free I had a little house and a farm around it so whenever these horses would drink water I would just go with them and drink water whenever these horses were you know haze, you know, grazing I would open my lunch box and start eating whenever these horses were running around I would also walk around with them So I did this for a very, very long duration. Then finally, slowly, one day, I went and touched one horse. Now this horse did not like it too much. Of course, he did not like it. These horses were like very wild. But then they got used to me touching them slowly. Then again, I followed my routine of being one of them till till they somehow thought that maybe this man is just one of us. So they considered me to be this five abnormal looking horse. So I was in their gang now. Now once I was in the gang, one day I took my blanket and I put it over one of them. Now He did not like it at all, but gradually he got used to me putting my blanket over him. And again, I continued my normal routine, eating with them, sleeping with them, walking with them, running with them. So again, I was totally in the gang. So one of these days I tried and got on the horse. Oh, he really did not like it. But then again, he got used to it. So over the time, I gradually became one of them. And then they let me in. And once they let me in and once they let me on them, gradually I started training them. Because they thought that he's one of us. So he's asking us to do something. Why not just do it? And so it took an entire year. But here are your horses. My dear king, do you know what these four horses are? You can take these horses to be five also, but in this story, there are four horses. And what are these four horses? They are our Man, Buddhi, Chit, and Ahenkar. Man, Buddhi, Chit, and Ahenkar are only different forms going given to the same brain, okay? nothing different. The more concentrated it becomes, the then it becomes an intellect. That's the same thing. So it's man, buddhi, chitta, and hankar are our four horses. Now till you try to dominate them, or you can say five senses, you know, these are our five or four horses. And we see, right? In Arjun's wrath, how many horses are there? Four? Or five? Again, and Krishna is holding them, right? So till you try to dominate a horse, he will not listen to you. Why would he listen to you? You cannot dominate and you cannot see a transformation over time. You know just overnight, tomorrow voila, mine, che, aligned and you'll have to follow me. No, they will revolt badly. You have to speak to them. You have to speak to them because you're not them. You're the soul, right? So you have to speak to them. You have to develop friendship with them. You have to understand them. Why do they behave in this particular manner? And gradually become one of them, become their friend oh, okay, this is what causes you to think like this. Oh, this is what happens when somebody is, you know, mean to you. Oh, this is how you react. So once you start understanding them, you befriend them, they start following your orders. They start following your requests, I would say. Because they feel hard. There's no threat involved. So if a person says overnight, it will never happen. It backfires badly. But gradually... When you befriend them and move on these four wild horses can do wonders for you and all it requires is constant practice constant being one of them constantly working towards them not suppressing them overnight okay it's not working today it's all right we'll do it tomorrow it's not working today after a month we'll try again but constantly you're working on them you're not just letting them go you're working on them. It took them, took him a year to tame those horses. To tame man, buddhi, chitta, and henkar. takes a very long time. And what happens to us is, where is that? You know, in this you need regularity. Constant. Persistence. If it has to happen at 4 o'clock, it has to happen at 4 o'clock. It's like, you know, you just have to continue doing what you are doing no matter what. And one day they'll say, come on, let's walk together. We have seen your persistence. We are seen, We have seen that you're here to stay. And with this thought of persistence, let's enter the devasarga. Because now we're going to talk about in Bhagavatam, the mother of Kapilamuni, the parents of Kapilamuni. So far we were talking about a strishti which was happening through the thought process of Brahma. It was not happening by procreation. It was just happening through his body, through his thought. Just like an amoeba, he multiplied into two and there was Manu and Satrupa. Right? There was no procreation there. All the Devas, all the Rishis, whatever so far we have heard, until the Manu. We talked about the Manus and the humans after that. right? Everything, even the Manus, were through his mind. The Rishis, through his mind. Manu, Satrupa, he divided himself, the purest form of Brahma. He divided himself, and then came the Rishis and the Manus and Manu and Shatrupa. So now Manu and Shatrupa have to procreate, because now everything is in place, right? Vara Avatar got the earth up and he placed it. Now Varaha Avatar is a Yagna Avatar, Avatar of sacrifice, Avatar of Yagna. Many people can call him the Avatar of Kriya also. What is Kriya Yoga? Kriya Yoga is by force when you lift up your Kundalini, Shakti, one by one, chakra by chakra. So by force, Vara avatar came and he lifted up the earth for you. So some power comes and it lifts the chakras up for you. So every avatar has a significance. So Vara avatar can be said to be an avatar of sacrifice. Again, how do you lift the earth up? By gradually purifying yourself till it starts floating, you know. Void of ego, everything floats. So it can be a Kriya avatar also. But now when we are talking about Kapil Dev, he is a gyan avatar. He is going to come and he is in Bhagavad. <laughs> the beauty of Bhagavatam is it has covered all the philosophies. At least nine philosophies have been covered in the Bhagavad. They are not rigid towards any philosophy. They are talking about, just now they talked about, Yagna and Kriya now they will talk about Jnana. later on they will talk about Yoga and various avatars have come and taught their philosophy see it is not necessary that everything should click to you somebody's path could be different your path could be different and that is the beauty and the lucidity of the scripture that many various even Jainism has been covered even Buddhism has been covered in Bhagavatam itself and those people who have propagated these philosophies have been called the avatars, majorly because they are pure pure to the brim you are an avatar. what is the difference so now we are going to talk about Kapilamuni, Muni who is the child of Kardama and Devhuti. now what is Devuti Devuti, if you look at the charts you can just look at your charts so far, Rudras also 11 Rudras we had main. now Manu and Satrupa are here Manu and Satrupa, they say some saints say they had nine daughters, but over here we'll mention three as of now. And he had two sons Uttanpan, Priyavrat, Prasuti, Akrut, Akuti, and Devhuti. Now we are talking about Devhuti, who is the son or daughter of the first Manu. Devhuti was married to Kardama. He is one of the rishis, which is the creation of Brahma. Now Akuti was married to Ruchi. He is again one of the Rishis, his name is mentioned. And Prasuti was married to Daksh Prajapati. Okay. Now, Devhuti and Kardama. Devhuti was a very, very beautiful, very, very pure girl. And she was growing in her castle with Manu and Satrupa. Right? Of course daughters, you know, the favorite of fathers. So he, Daksh used to be very close to his daughters and he realized that over time they had grown up and it has time to, you know, find a suitable groom and settle them off. So Daksh started looking around who would be the suitable groom for all my daughters. And then as always, Narad Muni, the matchmaker comes down and Narad Muni talks about various sages to these girls. Ye bhi hai, wo bhi hai, look you know basically how we see the matchmaking happens so Narad Muni is saying and telling the, looking at the sages and telling about their characteristics and the girls are sitting and listening and it just so happened that Devhuti set her heart on Kardama Rishi she said I really like Kardama Rishi <laughs> in the same way we can say other girls set hearts on the other Rishis and the father was like fine I will oblige we will go to Kardama Rishi and we are going to talk about if you like him so much. I'm gonna get see in our scriptures again, the girl has always a choice. She is mature enough to make a decision, and her choice is the first choice in marriage, not the other way around. So now Kardama Rishi, on the other hand, was instructed by Brahma, his father, to not go into the saintly way. He said, No, no, no. Please, we have to start creation, so you need to procreate. Eventually, you need to get married and procreate. But Brahmaji was like, okay, Kardamarishi Rishi said, fine. If that is what you want, my dear father, we'll do that. But I feel that if such a big responsibility you're giving to me to fill the world, I need to do a lot of Tapa first, because this is not an easy job. Easy job. If I would have taken sannyas, it would be only me and my responsibility and my fulfillment of Elevation, But now you are making me responsible for so many children. So fine. What I will do is I will before getting into the Grihastha Ashram, I will follow Brahmacharya and I will go into Teep Tapam to make myself fit of taking the responsibility of the Grihastha Ashram. If you remember in all our scriptures, even Ram, everybody goes to Gurukul. And Gurukul is not only education of the material world. It is education of the Shastras and all that a child needs to know. That is called the Brahmacharya Ashram. And only after that is he fit to enter the greatest Ashram. Nowadays we jump but take it. So again he said fine. So I have to attune myself to such a big responsibility that is going to come towards me. So he sat in Tapa. He sat down and he did penance for years and years and years together. They say it went up to thousands of years. Again, we can accept thousands of years because we know that all these rishis exist beyond the Bhur-Bhuaswa. They operate in the top three Lokas where their Ayu or age is equal to the age of Brahma. So again, he went into Tapa and as need be, they come down to the Bhutu. So he went, he has borne his soul left and he was meditating till one day Narayan himself came and gave him darshan. Now when Narayan came and gave him darshan, he was so overjoyed to look at the beautiful form of Narayan. Same form, four arms, Shankra Chakra Gada and Padma in his hand, that beautiful smile and that lovely golden attire. And he's smiling and looking at Kartama. He said, it's so much of tapasya. You really, really want my heart. Tell me what do you want? Now, Kardamarishi, he looked at the Lord and he had tears, both of joy and a bit of sorrow in his eyes, saying, see, the Lord has come in front of me. I did so much of tapasya, but I am bound. I cannot ask for my moksha because another responsibility, a greater responsibility is calling me. So all I can ask for, my Lord, from you is, to please bless me with a child who is nobody but you. Whenever I have a child, let it be Narayan. Let him come and bless the world because if you come down to the earth, the earth will become heaven, right? And that is my responsibility. I right now cannot ask for my moksha. My journey is further and this is what I need. What can I do? See, I'm asking for such a thing. In a way, he's like, Oh my God, such a petty thing. I'm asking for Bhagwan mil ga hai. Bhagwan mang sakta But no, I cannot do that. I'm not that selfish. Many of these sages, they forgo moksha also for the greater good of everybody else. So he said, Just give me a child, a promise that you'll come to be my child. Then I said, No problem. Whenever you have a child, I will come. And I'll be your child. Kardam was at peace. He said, okay, my tap is fortified and I'm ready to enter the grhastha Ashram. You cannot just enter the grhastha Ashram. You have to be ready to enter the grhastha Ashram and he was ready. And when then the Lord said, listen, very soon Manu and Satrupa will be coming with their beautiful daughter, Devhuti. And she is Sarvagun Sampan. She is ideal to be her match and you are ideal to be her match as well. Don't think that you have nothing and she lives in a palace. At that time, this distinction of money was not at all there. The distinction between person to person was based on his tapa, based on his sadhana, based on his character. So he said, She will come and please accept her as your bride. So I should remain here. He said, Yes, just remain here. They will come very soon for you. Third day, Manu, (coughs) Satrupa and Devhuti. They reached Kardama's ashram. And oh my god, Devuti was so overjoyed because she was waiting to meet him. She had actually itched him in his heart, in her heart. And when she looked around, she saw such beauty. She saw, Oh wow, this is going to be my home now. And she went. And when Manu reached Kardama, he joined his hands and bowed his head towards Kartama. And Kartama Muni said, Oh dear king, see? We both have been manifested for the same purpose. I am the Rishi and you are the King. Both to serve humanity. There is no difference. I hope you are serving your people well. Everybody is fed. Everybody is happy. Nobody goes hungry. Nobody is stressed. Everybody is at peace in your kingdom. Is there sufficient water? Is there sufficient food? I hope no justice, unjustice is happening in your kingdom. And I am sure With a king like you, who is the sun god and the moon god put together, who is nothing but Narayan himself, no injustice would be facing the people of your kingdom. And Manu said, my dear sage Rishi, you in the guise of asking me these questions have given me advice as to how I should rule my kingdom." This is the greatness. Without even knowing that you are giving me your advice, you have given me the entire advice of how I should go about ruling my kingdom. Henceforth, thank you so much. But today me and my wife have come with an appeal. Can you please take Dev Huthi to be your wife? She is well versed in your ways of life. And she has been really looking forward to meet you. Please be grateful enough to take her to be your wife. Kardamah said, it's not me who's obliging her. She is obliging me by letting me marry her. Who else, you know, I know. Now look at Kardamah as if he also had an eye on her. Once when Dev was on the roof walking around, Vishwa Vasu, a Gandharv, was roaming around his, in his aerial cart and when he saw Devuti chasing a ball, running after the ball, he almost fell down off his aerial cart, mesmerized by her beauty and wits. So who am I? Even the Gandhars have a, you know, if you offered, Gandhars would like to marry her. Who am I? So he said, please. But one thing is something, Devuti, I have to tell you. That the day we have a son, I am going to leave for my sannyas That if that is what you accept. Please take me. Now Devuti had no questions; She had no problems. But some sages very loud. You know jovially say. Devuti looked at her parents. And he said. Arey, shadi hui nahi usse pehle baat and the father said. Arey, you do not know my dear. This sage is so powerful. The day he has a son. You will become the mother of Narayan." Narayan himself will come and reside in your womb. So Devuti and again. So marriage happened in the same obcharic Brahmanic way. There are various ways of performing a marriage which the scriptures say most of them are not valid for Kalyug anymore. But this foo, very simple. She came as a princess. She was dressed the way she was. She came and she got married to as per her ritual. And she got married Whatever little gift they had to give, there was no jazz around the marriage. Manu, Satrupa, they handed over their daughter and Manu wept. Who won't? I still remember my father weeping. He wept and he wept and he wept. He could not believe that he was leaving his daughter and going away one by one. All his daughters were gone. Nobody left. He was the father of so many daughters. But he cried so much, Devati pacified him and slowly they went towards their capital called Brismati. Manu's capital was Breyasmati and it was free from all three agonies. Agonies inflicted by the body, by the self, by others and by the natural calamities. Why? Because that is the spot where the hair and the water fell off from the Varahavta. That is where the capital of Manu came up. When Varahavta was shaking himself after he had come out of the ocean, His hair and his what, you know, the sweat, everything dropped there. So this was this beautiful capital, totally free from all these threefold agonies. We are all inflicted by the threefold agonies. But this particular place had no agonies whatsoever. So he came and again, Manu just sat down. He said, the purpose of my life is done. He lived for how many? 71 and a half yugas, right? 71 and a half cycle of The four yugas. So that was coming to an end. His job was done. He got all his daughters married. Both his sons were ready. And his job was done. And he looked back at his life lived. He said, I have lived my life well. All this bliss and all this joy and all this material bliss never could take away my mind. Away from my Lord. So not once did I deviate And I got mesmerized by all the glories and all the praises and all the money that I have. So my life has been well lived. Always immersed in the thought of my Lord. Never did I deviate. Thinking this slowly, his (coughs) manvantar came to an end. We have seven Manus, right? This was the first Manu. And after 71 and a half cycle of the four yogas, his manvantar came to an end. He departed. Over here, Kardama and Devhuti, they started living. But Kardama, the day he got married, he went back into his tapasya. And Devhuti, without any question, served him. He did not even have a house to live. She was a princess from the finest of palaces. She used to serve him day and night. Years went by. Her body totally deteriorated. Her clothes, even her yellow robes, which she had eventually started wearing, were already gone and tattered. She served him day and night without any expectation. And Muni was deep in his meditation because he knew the purpose of this marriage. He knew that Dev also needs to be ingrained in what is going to come. It is only not his tapasya, but her tapasya also, which will lead to the birth of a Narayan, right? So, Devuti also, helpless, save, you know, very selflessly served the sage. She served him day and night. When, after years and years and years and years, finally, Kardam Maharishi woke up from his tapas and he said, I know, my dear, you have been serving me selflessly. You have been a princess of the highest order. And look at you now. I am so, so touched by your service. Again, she served her Lord as if she was serving the Lord himself. When we can actually pray to a murti thinking that God is in it, can't we actually serve people thinking that God is in them also? That was her objective when she was serving her husband. That he is Narayan for me. Any form (laughs) of service is service of Narayan. If the service of a murti can be a service of a Narayan, why not the people walking around in flesh and blood? So that is how she served him. And he said, now tell me, my dear, what do you want? What do you desire? She said, see, I'm your wife and I want to enjoy being your wife now. He said, Tathastu, no problem. Let's, I'm really, really willing to oblige. So he looked around and he said, oh my God, I need to give her a nice house, isn't it? So he said, Devuti, here. And with his yogic power, he erected, A beautiful, magnificent craft, if I may call it. There are no words to describe it. The biggest of whatever cruise boats would be small in front of it with rivers and oceans and gardens of every kind, palaces and people and handmade. Just by this, he created for her. He said, Devuti, this is for you. We will live in this now. And Devuti looked, It it could fly in the air. It could go deep into the ocean, it would expand as much as she wanted, and it could be, you know, compressed as small as she wanted. There were rivers and ocean, literally an ocean on this craft. And Devupti looked and she said, Oh my God. Then she was serving. Her service was so selfless that she was not serving for the yogic power of her husband. She never knew how strong a yogi he was. He never showed his power. But when he manifested, she realized, Oh my God. He is a great yogi and what have I asked of him? You know, he is a great yogi and what have I asked for him? So she was a bit happy, but a bit not happy also, you know. She said, oh my God, what have I done? But okay. So he said, okay, why don't you go and bathe in one of the rivers? The handmaids will dress you. She went again. The minute she entered one of the rivers and the craft, she became young and beautiful the way she was when her father had dropped her off. Because after that, the amount of tapas she went to her body had degenerated totally. And again, they put the finest of jewelries on her. And Kardamarishi also came and he took a dip in this river. And when he came out, again, he was so so handsome, young and adoring to look at. And their pair was no less than Nar and Narayan, literally. And they went around floating on their craft. They could go across lokas. <laughs> It was not only on Bhulok. They could go into various Lokas at will. And live there for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And for Kardama Rishi, it was merely an hour, they say. But for her, it was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years she lived. And then finally, there was a desire for in her to have devis to be born to her. And when this desire happened, Karda Maharshi divided himself into nine parts literally. And nine beautiful girls were born to Devuti. Nine beautiful girls. And the prowess of these girls, maybe many of them you don't know, but all of us know Ansuya. Ansuya was one of their daughters. One of the nine daughters. Ansuya had so much. She was married to Muni, And in Ramayana we read, Ansuya had so much power. That when she saw her husband perspiring, she said, kya hua? Bula, no, I cannot. I never take a bath. I may Never eat anything before taking a dip into Ganga. And I'm getting old, Ansuya. And walking to the Ganga is an effort for me. She said, ek minute. And she hit the earth. And out of which came Ganga, which is known as Mandakani. And it is still flowing in Chitrakoot. Such was the prowess of his daughters. They were glory in them- themselves. An- and An- An- Ansuya. We don't know about Ansuya. Ansuya was the one who made who Brahma, Vishnu and Mahesh into little babies. And later who was born to her? Dattatreya. So the power and prowess of these girls. Arundhiti. Do we know Arundhiti? Vashishth's wife. So all these girls, nine of them, such powerful women were born to no other than Devhuti and Kartama. And Devhuti her name rightly says that she was the one who could actually get God down. She her Bhakti had so much power but by just saying this gods would come down for her. That was devoti. We talk about Kardama, right? But Devuti was no less and Kardama, being with Kardama sharpened her inner talent more. And these nine girls were born and then these nine girls started growing and Brahmaji came when they were really old enough to get married and he said Kardamma and Devuti please give your daughters away. Who are the sages they would like to get married to? Tell me. I'll call them and please give them away. One by one they gave. Kala got married to Marichi, Asiya to Atri, Shraddha to Angira. So <coughs> many, nine of them. To each and every sage, all the sages are mentioned over here. They were the first Rishis to be created by Brahma. After this, came Kardama Rishi to Devuti. And he said, see, I have fulfilled your desire. Somehow Devuti, my man, my heart does not revel in these material things. I need to go now." now. Devuti got a bit upset. She said, my Lord, please stop. I never knew about your yogic power. I never knew what you are. And I asked for something so petty. And I am also not enjoying this material bliss. But remember, you said that you would not leave till a son is born to us. And that son is going to be Narayan, isn't it? Moreover, our daughters are gone. I am alone. Who's there to take care of me? I'll be in so much agony when you also go away and I'll be all alone. All the chum chum pile, everything, all those girls running around are gone now. You promised me a son, right? Now, Kardama said, Yes, my dear, I promised you a son. And he's going to come very soon. And I'll stay with you till then. Again? This time, they say, for the daughters, the couple had each, for each daughter, they had gone into tapasya for at least 12, 12, 12 years. Now, for the son, who was going to be Narayan himself, they again went into tapasya. This time, Devhuti consciously started doing the with kardama, to do the avahan of Narayan. Now in Kalyu we keep looking around, right? Bhagwan kab aayenge? Bhagwan kab aayenge? Bhagwan aayenge to isi womb mein na? Is there a womb so powerful to actually give house to the god? We keep asking for a result, but where is the effort? No effort. So this couple actually put in the effort. And when days went by soon Muni was born to them. Now when Kapil Muni was born, Kardama looked at Muni and he joined his hands. He saw Narayan sitting right in front. The Lord had taken out our Lord of the Lord, he's sitting there and Kardama joined his hands and he told now take care of your mother I have to go see he looked at Devuti and he said see see I have my tapasya is so strong just by looking at him the mission of my life is accomplished but for you you have to sit and listen to the discourses also. So your child, when he is old enough, will give you the discourses needed. But for me, I have to go. Just imagine, Narayan has been born to Kardamma and he is joining his hands to Narayan and going away. Why? I still have to fulfill my vow of being a sannyasi. Tum Brahman but my quest to find out me as Brahman is not complete. The Lord is standing in front of him and he is going away because he has to find the Brahman that he is. And leaving <coughs> Devuti to Kipilamuni Kardama goes away. And then when slowly Kapil Muni grows up, Devati looks at him. He said, so far, I have been nurturing you, taking care of you as my child. But I know you are now. Now, please take me to be your disciple. I don't want to be your mother anymore. You be my guru and I will be your Shishya. And please grace me with that divine knowledge of Tattwa Gyan. I want to know tattva gyan specifically. I want to know the gyan from the minutest possible way. And when this desire came from Devuti, when that mamatva was also gone, when she was totally ready <coughs> to accept the knowledge from her own son, Kapila Muni said, yes, please sit. I will give you gyan. Free you of all your agonies, and then I will also go away," she said. "Yes, I'm ready." She made Kapil Muni sit, and she sat down, and there <laughs> began the discourse on the Sankhya philosophy. So from now on, for a few sessions, we'll be looking into the Sankhya philosophy, which has been expounded and thought by Kapil. Yeah, Krishna What are we taking away today? Lots to take away today Lots to take away today See when we look at the scriptures and the stories there are three ways to look at it Adhyatmik Adhibhautik and devik. Adhyatmik is the spiritual element of looking at each story Devik is the subtle element Devtas are the subtle element when we talk about Tattvas Adidevig, Adi Adhibhothik. And bhotik is the gross element. So every story in a scripture has three ways to look at it. The spiritual way, the gross way. Gross is like, you know, from the physical perspective and from the devic perspective, subtle perspective. So what are we taking away today from the entire scheme of things? What are we taking? we can start from the gross it's very evident throughout because when we did uh, kapella muni know, when we did uh, the story of uh, oh, kashyap muni and uh, diti and we said we'll be contradicting the same and kashyap muni and diti's story came because of the curiosity of metreya muni he wanted to know are hiranyaksha ka from? like we were also curious right? hiranyaksha ka when nothing was there So, but this story, when we look at the stark contrast in the couple and the offspring, this is definitely the gross element that they are bringing across because they are talking about creation right now. When you're talking about creation, the Methuni Shrishti, where creation is happening because of procreation, you have to, they are giving you the knowledge of how the creation can be done in the right manner. Just like the tree, isn't it? We always look at the seed. As strong as the seed is, so will be the tree. Right? As, as fertile as the land is, so will be the tree. As proper as the nurturing, so will be the tree. But these are the controllable elements. Let's not look at the con- uncontrollable elements. So over here they are clearly telling us how procreation needs to happen in the right way. They are not mimicking words. They are giving you two stories because they are starting on creation. We might say, oh my God, it is too late for us. It is never too late. We have children, isn't it? This knowledge has to be passed on. They have to be trained. Because every, and it is not overnight that these four horses will be in our control. The five senses will be in our control. The Kalyuk will start subsiding. Everybody has to make an effort towards it. Every being has to be Narayan. He will not just come and say, Valla, I am Narayan. No. That seed has to be nurtured. The womb has to be proper. Everything has to be there, then the Narayan will come, otherwise he cannot come. So clearly from the gross perspective, they are saying, this is what is needed today. Not mimicking words. In our Shastras, nothing is considered not tabooed and not to be talked about. They talk about everything very clearly. They are open about everything, even their descriptions are very vivid. What is there? It is natural. But, please, follow your decorum. Don't forget it. Become human beings. Don't act like human beasts. So that is the gross perspective. Right? What else? What else are we taking away? Be persistent, basically. (coughs) Be persistent. Yes.
1: Do a bit by
0: bit at a time. At a time. Continuously. The effort has to be there. Now, Kardama also knew... Ki this is what is needed. So the effort was there. It won't happen overnight, right? For him also it did not happen. For Devuti also it did not happen. She had to serve Kardama. The company of a saint is very, very blissful. The company of a saint actually enlightened her also. And he said, no, it is not only my tap and I'll get the benefit. You serve me, you'll get equal benefit of what I have achieved. All my tapasya equally you'll share. Because the husband and wife are together on it. It is never an independent journey for a married couple, right? Clearly. Equally have to. You have to be elevated at the equal level. Nahito Klesh. It's evident. Nahito Klesh. Ditti and Kashyap were not at the equal level. What happened was Klesh. But here we see Kardama and Devuti, they were no less. She was no less. And what happened was beautiful. So kahina kahi, it is telling us that it is not that the sanyas ashram is better. Who says if the sanyasi, I, I read, as the sanyasi is the ocean and a grasta is a drop of water. If the sanyasi is the blazing sun, grasta is a mumbati. No, only when that sanyasi is elevated and the grasta is deluded. But for any other grasta, he is no less than the sun or the ocean. Gris Ashram is not bad, not looked down upon. It is tougher than the Sannyas Ashram. Because the responsibility is more, the effort is more, you are surrounded by the material things, yet you don't sway. For Sannyasi, what is it? You do No? When a manaka comes, something happens. But for us, there are so many manakas all around us, so many Urvashis all around us. So who says, why does a grasta look down on himself? It happened a lot later. In our shastras, every great rishi has been a grasta. All these rishis, Muni, Angira, Pulastya, Pula, Kritu, Brigu, Vasishtha, Atharva. And people like Ansuya. All our gristas. The sanyas started a lot later. In our, before it was known there. It was just the phase. se So they are saying that no, you are very strong as garastas. You have so much power, so much responsibility. Please don't sway. Please get up. Because neither the sannyasi nor the vanapras nor the brahmachari has the power that we garastas have. We have the money from the material perspective, we have the power to generate. Create, procreate. They don't have it. None of the other ashrams have it. So they are saying, get up. Wake up. See two examples in front of you. Please wake up. What else? This is from the gross perspective of creation. They are saying, there is, this is the decorum of creation. There are shastras. There are total shastras of how creation has to take place. Step by step creation. What should we when it should happen, it is mentioned, but we have ignored it totally, and then what comes in front of us baffles us. Cur Yes, definitely. As we sow, so shall we reap. What else? What else? From the subtle perspective, this thing is very beautiful. The Lord came himself. Now, the Lord is standing. Kapil Muni has descended. He is standing there. But Kardama says, Parikrama, Namaste, Mech Chala. Why? What is it teaching us there? What is it telling us? There is no debate between Sakar and Nirakar over here. In our scripture, Sakar bhakti bhi karlo. Nirakar bhakti bhi karlo. You can consider him 10. You can consider him 1. You can not consider him at all. Still be a Sanatan dharmi. <coughs> over here, Sakar form is in front of him. And what is he going to look for? Nirakar, nirakar form. But at the same time, he is acknowledging the Sakar form. There is no discrepancy over here. This Sanatan Dharma is so lucid. There is a space for every kind of philosophy in it. Every kind of belief, every kind of person. If there are so many millions of people, they can still fit in and find out their calling. There's no rigidity involved anywhere. So over here, Kardama has done so much of tap. He is feeling sad that today I have the power to ask for anything. I can ask for moksha. But look at him. He forgoes his moksha for for the greater good of the people and this is what sages do they, forego, they They don't have to come out and preach they do it for the greater good of people they come down and preach they are only incurring karma by preaching but for the greater good of people and when that sakar form came in front of him he went away he said now my job is done now I have a duty towards myself I have to find out that brahman within me so how beautifully the scripture is showing you a sakar form and it is saying this should not deter you from that nirakar from which is in you. You are Brahman. Tattvamasi, Aham Brahmasmi. We are not negating that. We are not negating this also. So does that mean the
1: ultimate
0: truth is nirakar from only? Not true. He is going for a quest of Nirakar yeah. but he looked at Sakar so he and he did he
1: acknowledged it and still detached himself
0: okay for this so, he did not detach himself he accepted he, okay. okay for this I don't know this Vivekananda's example has just stuck to me and his karma yoga it was there visualize the ocean whenever yeah. these doubts come just visualize the ocean and lots of lots of waves are on it every wave is different from the other every wave has a different purpose different look different <laughs> form different time to die right different time but is the wave different from the ocean? So, nirakar ka When everything is nirakar, everything is his sakar only. Now, where is the difference? There is no difference whatsoever. Till you see the difference, you say sakar and nirakar. But there is no difference. Nirakar sakar hogay bhakto kiangan me. That is the same. Whenever, whenever, there is a doubt, just visualize the ocean and its many waves. Every wave different, but the wave is nothing but the ocean. But the wave is there. So when they say, "Ye Krishna darshan hoye, why not? Us nirakar ne wo wala sakar le liya liye? Why not? Koi bolte baba dekhe. Us nirakar ne wo wala le liya liye? Is it impossible for him to take any forms? Because everything is in him. Is there anything beyond the ocean? Can you take away the ocean and the waves still be there? So, Nirakar sakar kahan? And this is what Kardama Rishi is teaching us. Nirakar mil gaya, sakar mil gaya. Nirakar ke khoch Everything is inside. He has to establish in that fact ki I am the ocean. Narayan hai! But maybe to narayan he whom? I want to find my own narayan that is me. And he left. That is the spiritual perspective of it. What else? What else can we take away? Devoti she was ready to accept the discourses or
1: whatever knowledge she wanted to. From her son. She nurtured him to she said yes
0: she was ready to take it from him Mm -hmm. knowing she identified who has taken a sakar form as my son so where is the harm you sit you give me discourse you take away my delusion come sit so beautiful isn't it so beautiful because it is just the identification Krishna was with the Yadavas they never knew his glory Draupati was a sakhi. Mm-hmm. And jab wo bulate dood ke aate the, wo. Wo Yadav? With him they never knew ki haa, dekho Krishna is with us. See?
1: Like realization. realization. Shame,
0: but for that you need cleansing. Total cleansing. The amount of cleansing that Devuti and Kardama went to was phenomenal. Yeah, 12,
1: 12 years.
0: Maybe more. Cleansing, it is a constant process. And what are you cleaning? what are the four horses, four horses? you are cleaning the vices the horses, no? the just the vices because ultimately you are the pure being you are not those four horses you are not those five horses you are that pure being which is pure you are just removing the layers and that is called tapa to I remove really one vice at a time it really works just one yes it really works consciously thicke?
1: chanting with Listening to your discourse or like just listening to good stuff, it really,
0: works. it really works. It really works. Like we said, the four horses, you cannot force, but you can become one of them and then show them the right way. And this process of sublimation and suppression. Don't suppress, but sublimate. Don't suppress, like don't fight anger with anger. No, fight anger with japa, fight anger with harikata. Fight anger with satsang. Fight anger with good deeds, social service. Fight negative with positive. Don't suppress, just sublimate. Don't let your hands be free of that positive act that you are doing. And serve everybody as Narayan. Dev teachers teaches us so well. She did not know about the yogic power of her husband. She liked him. Without knowing she served him. Ki hai. Only that kind of a person who is capable to call God, right? Devuti had the only Devuti's name is that Devon ko bula sakti hai wo. She was so pure and her service to her husband showed she did not know anything but she knew that there is Narayan in everybody and she served without any expectation and vice versa kardama, he was no less of a husband Anything else? this is what i can remember right now so much more in my mind but i don't know where it's gone so this it is table.
1: shows how to take care of the future generation very nicely what kind of
0: values sanskar. values
1: sanskar contributing to the society as well i mean in everything whatever he did he made sure that his wife is not left alone Never. somebody else to take care of his
0: wife always yeah she never. Until, so, so. till that dependency on somebody is not gone. Yeah. After she takes the discourse from Kapila yeah. Muni, she will become full in herself. Yeah. See, that vacuum in Devhuti is because there is still a little bit of avitya. When she realizes that I am Puna in myself, why do you crave for other people? Because you feel a void and you feel that you are not complete in yourself. The minute you realize that you are complete, that void goes away. And that is where the minute a couple realizes that they are complete, the need for lust also goes away. Only love remains. A beautiful romance remains. It is that powerful. That is so powerful. It is that is what we say, right? puna Poonamidam Poonamudashyate madhaya Poonamadaya meva Vashishyate I am purna, always. And only the one who is full can actually make somebody else full. Khudi aadha hai to dusre ko pura kaise karega. That is Devuti. That is Kartama. That is what they are teaching us. That is that they are showing us. All of them will show a life what a grasta can leave. An elevated life of the grasta ashram is there in our scriptures. Nobody asks you to run away. Ever. Anything else? The their own paths. Totally, totally own paths. All have to walk it alone. Eventually, yes. Eventually. She is going to take knowledge. He by mere darshan was sorted.
2: And his choice was even larger than that. Because he wanted to find the Brahman in himself. So After
0: the discourse, Devuti will also go for the same yeah. quest. Same quest.
2: So, eventually we'll end up there it's the journey that each one of us depending on the ignorance level that each one of us has.
0: Right. and the path every path is right there is no right or wrong every path will leave, lead to the same truth and over the when we look at so many philosophies being taught they'll say every path has the same truth every path leads to the same truth I have a question here
2: See Manu and Satrupa are the creations of God. Right. Through the mind of a
0: creator. He split himself into two, as they say. Yeah. So yes. they,
2: are, they are God. Yeah. Because they are thought, huh. thought the thoughts of process of God. Now if they are going to create humans,
0: Devyotia are the first Huh, all these
2: rishis all and the yes,
0: rishis. The rishis are at a different level. Right? Mm-hmm. But devoti are the human form. and all that is right? yes. So they were they live a life
2: like human does, yes. and they are supposed to huh. uh, procreate, correct? Huh. Where did that ignorance come in? Until now, we talked about all these people being aware of the Lord, and they are doing tap to elevate themselves. Right. right. So where does this ignorance really come into the place?
0: Look at devoti, huh? Devoti was divine in herself, right? Mm-hmm. But when Kardama asked her what do you want, what did she ask for? The pleasures of the world. And later she realized, oh my god, itte badi yogi se itte choti cheez mangli. No. So even she, that first thing, it was there somewhere, right? Kahina kahi, Dev hoti also had it. That it, 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 it is not in her, but the inclination towards pleasure is eternal. Now we'll go up again, okay? When you talk about desires, I will take it as desires. When the Lord, there was only one, there was nothing, it was all dark. The Lord had a desire. What was the desire? To become two, to be loved, to feel how it is to be loved. So the entire creation, whatever one person we are talking about is a result of desire. So it is there. Okay. It started when you said, now where did it start? When the creation started, it started because of that desire to be, feel, I want to feel how it is to be loved. Because of it, everything started. But this is only 1% of the creation in which we are. There is so much beyond it that we want to reach. And it is possible. So where did it start? It started there. No, why I'm saying is, yeah.
2: when he created us, why did he add the ignorance in us? He did not add the ignorance. Yeah. He added a... It's a desire. Desire. It's not an
1: ignorance.
2: He added a desire to no, be loved. See, desires we all have. But the ignorance level is so much more that the the desire, it doesn't know what exactly it wants. Because first you say, I like this. They're not happy with it. They mm-hmm. want something else. That's also desire. You want that. Desire. You finally don't know what you want. You're madly so running after desires. You're madly running after... So it's not a desire. Desire is... There is a definition to Yet. it. But here I'm talking about we don't know, but we're jumping. We don't that know. Is ignorance is what I'm trying to
0: Ignorance try to say. How? desire is a result of ignorance. Or when you <coughs> desire, desire is the cause of everything. Till you desire, you jump. When we say no, no desires whatsoever. When you totally surrender, when you say johura, chaura, yoga, hoga, khatam The desire goes away. Hmm. You are acting, you are performing, you look normal like everybody else, but that desire to be known, desire to be heard, desire to be recognized, desire to be appreciated is gone. You will feel it. When the desire fades away, ignorance comes later. It is the root seed is the desire. Seed is a desire. Even the desire to know Lord is a desire. So
1: good desire is a good desire. Bad desire is
0: ignorance. But it is still a desire. Yeah.
1: Is that the definition
0: she is living with? That is what you meant? Bhaiya is asking.
2: See, you
1: don't
0: catch hold of ignorance. I think she is still not convinced. Uh I am not convinced. Uh Ignorance is avidya. Right? You are saying ignorance is avidya. Now, vidya, uh, let's say, we want true knowledge of the Lord to take away the ignorance mm. right when the ignorance is what you clean the layers and you find out that I am that mm. when I am that I am complete in myself I am everything right that is mm. with through knowledge it goes away mm. when you know I am that does anything else remain so all that is there is because of avidya because we do not know we are that And even if we know we are that, we do not want to believe it. Even if we believe it, we have not imbibed in it so much that we are that. Till there is a slight deviance from being that. The minute you are established, I am that. The minute a wave becomes the ocean, Hmm. all the desires, avidya, ignorance is gone.
2: I agree to the last part of it. I'd rather start with saying ignorance. Ignorance is not knowing it. Avidya. Not avidya. That's ignorance. You don't know. Right? And then you move on and you say, okay, maybe if I do that, that may be the right thing to do. That's yeah. when you, know, yeah. you start with you desires. But
0: it, I'll all, get it all began, the creation began because of a desire to be loved. He had a feeling. How hota hai I want to be loved. I want to become two. He had a desire so that is why it is very difficult to get away from it because he had it started there nahi to hota hi to ek it. I do hote hi nahi so everything is followed by that one thing what came first it was his desire. think about it we Martha can think I about remembering it remembering one, uh, huh. one uh, thing huh. which you told
1: in one of your classes huh. narad ko moh gaya tha moho the
0: you use
1: that word moho moho is desire right moho delusion illusion, he, illusion and he, was, he, he became ignorant so you are understanding how desire and ignorance is connected because
0: he had the desire, that's why he. He wanted came, to get married to Vishwa Mohini. Remember that whole
1: thing? That story, it was you know, so right? so beautiful. This <coughs> kind of this story will answer your question. Remember that. Hmm.
0: Maybe she can explain. Vishwa it. Mohini. The story of Narad Muni and Vishwa Mohini, and he wants to marry her, and he takes a monkey face. That again, it was moha, delusion. He had a desire to. That, that caused, the desire caused that pura scene of illusion and delusion. And then he had a realization. Oh my God. I have who I am. So, that ignorance. That many, it happens to muni also. Yeah. He is a mind born son of Brahmaji. He came from the mind of Brahmaji. Yeah. And this happened to Brahmaji also. Yeah. Brahmaji we say throughout the process of creation. He has dropped so many bodies. <laughs> saying what am I doing. He fell in love with Vak. Yeah. Brahmaji. Vahaan pe bhi So. It is aisa ni ki. It is an easy thing to control desire. They are telling you, Brahma kohi to control karni. But you human beings are full. You are fully equipped and you can do it. In the last paragraph, they say na what is a human being made of last class we discussed. You have that entire thing and you can do it. It's possible. So that is the thing.
1: Where in this chart is Devuti?
0: Devuti I've added later. I'll send you the picture. Devuti and Kardama so devuti and kadamarta what's the exact meaning of chitta man buddhi chitta it is the minute it gets refined and when we studied about the tattvas chitta is vishnu ahankara is shiva what does it mean man buddhi it buddhi is, buddhi. is it is everything, is everything is everything is one only it is the finer the texture the finer it gets my scattered mind and then it becomes intellect and then it becomes chitta Focus, the more you start focusing, it is four different names of the same thing. And that ego which is there, which we call Shiva, is not that negative ego or anything. It is that I am. So it becomes finer and finer and finer. But to control these and make use of them, like mind is scattered, it is a mind, it is thoughts. When it becomes more focused, it becomes an intellect. When it becomes really focused, One pointed, it is Chitta. And then it leads you to your self. So it is different names of the same thing. Same, because we have this only, right? Mindy. And you focus it and refine it. And that thoughtless stage, there there will be a stage when you replace negative thoughts with positive thoughts. And slowly, the thoughts start going away. Because you know, you can have a negative discussion for a very long time. A positive discussion, you cannot talk. If you decide that I am not talk negative at all soon you will not be able to talk much to anybody. It is natural. Either you talk about hurry or you don't talk. Right? Because you are not okay. I am not going to talk about a person who is not in front of me. I am not going to talk bad about anybody. I am not going to applaud a person who is not in front of me. Let's talk you and me. Bus. Who will you Hari Hurry. It will not be So first you replace the negative with positive and slowly you wipe out the positive also because you have to move beyond sattva also, right? It is not only rajas, tamas and sattva, the journey is beyond, Mm right? So dheere dheere wo bhi hatta jayega, then dheere 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 all things will be aligned and you will be established in yourself. So it is man, buddhi, chit and It is only the refining of your thoughts with different, different names. Let's sing the bhajan.